they're 23 in the Big Brother house. Some of the housemates are in the living area. Ross Braun is in the diary room. Nicole Rosberg and Jan Trulli are in the garden. Jacques Villeneuve and Eugene Day have been nominated for eviction. Ralph Schumacher's brother, Michael, has been banned from voting because he broke the rules. Who stays and who leaves? You decide in Gareth Jones on Speed. Welcome to Gareth Jones on Speed. He's Zog. And he's Gareth Jones. Uh, it's better doing that, I think, rather than me yeah, saying I'm Gareth Jones. Yeah. We've probably said Gareth Jones on Speed at least four times, and Keeps we're less fresh. than two minutes into the show. Good to have something new. The most talked about thing in motorsport at the moment is what I call Shoey Gate. Uh, yes. At Monaco. That incident. What do you reckon happened, Zog? I mean, to, for people who didn't see it, right, um, qualifying... On the Saturday, Michael puts in a quick lap with minutes to go and conveniently, oh, fails to get the last corner right once he's crossed the line and parks his car right across the circuit, preventing Kimi and, more importantly, Fernando Alonso from doing quicker times. What do you reckon? Was it an accident or was it deliberate? Was it intentional? Mm. Well, I mean, to me, it just looked really, really dodgy. As soon as it happened, I have to say, I thought, you know, th- th- that looks odd. That looks like a really, really odd thing for him to be doing. I don't claim to have, uh, you know, any anything like the level of knowledge of driving techniques and the kind of insights that, that other drivers have and people that really know the business have. Um, but, you know, but it seems to me that, that if, if even I, you know, with uh, just my experience of watching F1 and watching a lot of other motorsport and, and loving it and appreciating drivers and, and, and good and bad driving, if as soon as it happens... I think, you know, that looks really dodgy. And if it seems most of the drivers up and down the pit lane are saying the same thing, then, yeah, I I think it's dodgy. And it was quite right that they put him to the back of the grid. I can't remember ever seeing another car get into that position on that corner, on that particular circuit, in the way that he did. Uh, However, I mean, I'm the last person to spring to Michael's defence because as a card-carrying Damon Hill fan, Michael was always the enemy. I'm not sure if it was deliberate. My interpretation is that an opportunity presented itself to him. It's kind of like you're walking down the high street and someone's left a plasma screen lying around. Sort of lying around. You think, oh, well... um, I'll have that. I'll have that. I won't take it to the police station. It's a bigger effort than taking it home and enjoying your 32-inch plasma screen. It it just... He may have made a little error and thought, oh, actually, I can make more of this. And, unfortunately, didn't get away with it. He just didn't make the... You're saying, yeah, he didn't make the effort to get going again to correct... Yeah. yeah. Well, no, I I wondered about that, and I, I, I discounted that personally, just because I thought that uh, uh, from reading, you know, what reading some other people's analysis of it and looking at the video again, um, his line, he was just taking such a different line into the corner uh, than he had previously, um, that, uh, you know, there's, you, you've got to ask, you've got to ask yourself why he was, why he was approaching the corner differently this time around. Mm. Bit of a coincidence. The other big news from Monaco comes not from the F1 race, uh, but from the GP2 race. 
And Lewis Hamilton. Yeah, little Lewis Hamilton, who's been signed to McLaren since, I think he was about... 10 or 12 years old or something yeah Yeah. as part of their driver development program yeah Yeah. and uh, and he's won uh, a couple of well this is now his third win in gp2 and everyone's now saying look you've got to sign him and i think what's happened is that um ron dennis is forced into the situation now where he has to place him in a car or the possibility is that another team will sign him. Well, in an interview that Ron Dennis gave um, uh, to to the Times, I think it was, he said that uh, you know that he said that he thought that Lewis Hamilton would be in F1 next year. He just wasn't sure with, with which team. So um, you know, I think if Ron Dennis is saying it, uh, you know, you can you, you can take that as as. But it's pretty certain that we'll be seeing him in an F1 car next year. It may not be in a McLaren. Um, I'll tell you what, though, Zog. It won't be in a Ferrari, will it? <laughs> it certainly won't. Oh, here's a question for you. Yeah. When, for the sake of argument, yeah. if McLaren were to put Lewis Hamilton into one of their race cars, race seat next year, uh, when was the last time that McLaren started the season with a rookie driver? <sighs> it's a famous name. A trivia question. A rookie driver. Um, a famous last name. A famous last name. So, it, um, McLaren. This, we're talking, uh, oh no, I, I, I was going well, to give you the year there, but, but given, the, given, given that I've said when did it happen, I can't give the year, that's going to no, be way can't. too much. When was the last time? What, what you're really asking is who was that driver, I was, you? yeah, I'm really asking who All was right, that driver. Give us a year then. Okay, it was 1993. 93? Well, it wasn't Blondell, was it? No. no. Um, uh... A famous name, a famous last name. So I, I have to admit to being completely stumped. Go on, tell it me. It was Michael Andretti. Oh, no, of course! Uh, and, of course, it was Mika that got the drive <laughs> when Michael was just so rubbish. They took Mika from uh, Lotus. He was sharing a drive with Johnny, and, of course, the rest is I'm history. sorry to spring that one on you, but it was just... <sighs> I should know, because I'm the one who goes on usually saying about how rubbish Michael Andretti is. Or was. Or was, yes. um, (laughs) Anyhow, he will be in F1 next year, we think. Oh, and here's the thing. When Jackie Stewart was asked about Hamilton, he said that if he was uh, making the decisions, he would definitely put Lewis Hamilton uh, in a McLaren alongside Alonso to race next year. Well, I look forward to seeing that. I hope that does actually happen. Uh, And also, from my point of view, as a Welshman, having someone called Lewis in a car is the nearest thing we're going to have to a Welsh Formula One driver. (laughs) You're probably going to ask him to carry a little Welsh flag on the car, aren't you? uh, You've got form in that area. I like the way you think, yes. And if you don't know what Zog's talking about, visit the website www.garethjones.tv and have a look at my A1 GP review of the year and that'll explain what that's all about. Good little story. This is Sniff Petrol. The headlines. Two weeks after retiring from the Monaco Grand Prix, Kimi Raikkonen is still trying to find his way back to the pits. Oh, this is a very confusing route. I, I keep getting lost in places like this. Oi, Raikko, it's your round! Oh, dear, I'll never find my way back. Cheers. Hey! Peugeot repeatedly tries to shut its Coventry factory. Uh, no, you need to give it a really hard slam. It was like this when I bought it. The dealer says they all do that. 
And after weeks of speculation, Sniff Petrol can exclusively reveal that Juan Pablo Montoya will be driving a Toyota next year. Yes, I, I bought it with my redundancy check. It's a, it's a Yaris. I went for the 1.3 litre, you know. The extra performance is very useful and for sure it's surprisingly economical in town. I like to eat pies. After his Monaco Grand Prix accident, Michael Schumacher is in the Ferrari canteen. Aha, here comes Felipe Massa now. <laughs> and they've got his favourite soup on today. <laughs> Minestrone. Achoo! Oh dear, I seem to have sneezed in it. <laughs> A few weeks ago, in the build-up to the British Grand Prix, many of the F1 teams uh, went for a day's testing at Britain's favourite cold, windy aerodrome, Silverstone. And uh, Zog and I are no strangers to spending time at Silverstone, so we decided to go up. It was a good day, Zog, wasn't it? A lot of fun, yeah, yeah. a great time. It was uh, plenty of track action. The the cars uh, that were running, let's see, who were there? Midland were there? Yeah, yeah. Uh... Who was Renault was there. Renault was there. Uh, McLaren. Yep. Um, Red Bull. Red Bull. Toro Rosso. Yeah. No Ferrari. Williams were there. Williams were there, definitely. Uh, no Ferrari and no um, Super Aguri. No. And no, no. Well, Honda, Toyota. Honda were there, I think. Honda were there, yeah. But most of all, uh, from our point of view... Um, BMW Sauber, or Sa- is it BMW Sauber or Sauber BMW? BMW Sauber. BMW Sauber were there, uh, which was good because one of the reasons we went up was to talk to a driver. Usually if you're going to interview a BMW Sauber driver, you might talk to Jacques Villeneuve or to Nick Heidfeld. But we decided to talk to their test driver, Robert Kubica, and we asked him, is his role as a test driver for Sauber BMW, or BMW Sauber, is his role to drive as fast as possible? Yeah, it's not really to be poor quick. I mean, as a test driver and Friday driver, it's important to uh, deliver a, a lot of data and uh, good data to the team, and especially on testing, like here in Silverstone or uh, past tests or in the future, it's important to be consistent. It's important to give good feedback to the engineers, and uh, I hope I'm doing a good job, and uh, I will pushing you know to do it as 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 well as I can. Can I ask you, talk us through a sort of a, a typical, I know there's no such thing as a typical test session, but you'll be working a programme, won't you? You'll be sent out with a very clear instruction from uh, your team manager to, what, do five laps at, you know, 80% maximum revs and, and give us observations. What, 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 what are you told? What sort of things are you going out there doing? How much can you tell me? Well, as, as you say, we, we Formula 1 is quite... Uh, Really professional sport, and uh, every team uh, are doing different programs, especially on testing. And uh, we are testing, you know, different uh, tires, different uh, aerodynamics, things, different setups. And in the end, only the team knows what's what's going on and uh, which uh, I will can say condition of the car I'm driving and uh, how many fuel, how many fuel I have, uh, uh, you know, how how the car is set up, how, which tyres we are using. So in the end, you know, it's difficult from outside to, to say, oh, this guy was quick, this guy was slow. And uh, I mean, only the team knows exactly what's going on. To some minds, you've got the boring end of driving a Formula One car, haven't you? You're having to do the mundane stuff a lot of the time. Is it boring or is, it, is, it, is there a nervousness when you do it? 
I'm, I think it's neutral. I mean, uh, of course, it's a really good opportunity for me as a rookie driver in Formula One to, to be third driver and uh, test driver of BMW Sauber. And uh, I'm really grateful to, to the team that they give me this opportunity. And, uh, you know, for, for the rookie, I think it's more exciting than the, for, for all the drivers that are, you know, for coming to test every weekend, every week, uh, some different places, Silverstone, Puerto Rico, Barcelona. I don't think, for, for example, for uh, David Coulter or for Jacques, it's really exciting. For me, it's more, but uh, it's, it's hard work. Uh, we are testing a lot, uh, a lot of laps, and uh, you have to be concentrated to, to give good feedback, to, to give good data, because in the end, this work will uh, will change as performance you know if you, if you are doing good uh, good job on testing you will perform better on next weekend over the weekend when you drive on Fridays do you ever get the chance to go for a, a quick lap time or is it is your as a treat for having done your work or is it all just bring the data home uh, I'm more concentrated on, on on to do really consistent lap consistent driving don't push too much don't uh, try you know overdriving because uh, in the end uh, we have to do this program which we are planning and uh, one small mistake I can go out and uh, the session can be over and the program will be not done and no one will be happy so of course uh, I'm trying to, to be fast to be consistent but uh, not not trying really to be uh, to get really one qualifying lap I mean this is more important the to be consistent, to don't do any mistakes, and uh, to be, you know, always to drive always the same. Then in the end, uh, this will be make difference. I think so because uh, in the end, qualifying is to do qualifying laps, uh, testing is to test, and uh, this is most important thing. How much are you enjoying it? Because someone who, you know, the ambition of every driver is to get into um, the fastest car available, and an F1 car is pretty much the most nimble, rewarding car you're ever going to drive. How happy I was! You know, the, the, the moment that you knew it was signed, sealed, and delivered was it a yes moment? Oh, of course, I'm really happy, and uh, I was really surprised that BMW already uh, this year gives me this uh, opportunity, and uh, because I thought BMW will take some experienced driver as a test driver, and uh, they, they they say I can say that they risk a bit because uh, they were they were not testing me before signing, so it was. Uh, kind of question of mark how, how I will perform and uh, yeah of course it's a really good, good moment for me and uh, I'm really happy as the first pole in Formula 1 drive it that's great we're in the middle of the interview one of the team comes to tell you that you are going to drive today after all how much of your time do you know you know is it just waiting around for your turn or is it turn is it very flexible well, you know, the plan of testing is, is uh, more or less ever, is done for all the season. And, uh, uh, for example, here I was uh, supposed to drive Thursday and third day. Uh, but uh, sometimes happens that Nick is, is sick or, or sometimes, you know, one driver prefer to stay at home. And uh, then I'm ready and uh, I'm taking this opportunity to do as many kilometers as possible because in the end this gives me experience which maybe can be helpful in the future so when was the first occasion which you drove this car was it uh, at melbourne 
Uh, sorry, in, in Australia for the, for the first race? Was uh, yeah, we have done testing before. Uh, first uh, time in Formula 1 was uh, in Barcelona. T- tell me about the first moment that you finally got in the car and drove out. Do you, do you remember that? Was that a good experience or a bad experience? Uh, it was a really good experience, but uh, I tell you, I, I was kind of, you know, watching and really... Uh, careful what was going on as soon as I sit into, into Formula 1 car uh, I saw this steering wheel which uh, I, I have instruction before but it was you know a lot of things new things which you have to in one moment in some laps uh, you have to know everything what's going on and you have to perform well I have only in the end three hours driving as a price uh, for winning World Series by Renault last year and uh, you know I took this very easy but I knew that um, it's it's very good opportunity and I have to do it well and uh, fortunately I have done good tests and uh, I think I, that's why I'm here As the first pole in Formula 1 it must give you an extra sort of pressure I would imagine the entire nation is now They'll, I would imagine you know the uneducated um, uh, journalist is just asking when are you going to win Grand Prix and you have to explain well my role is in testing I mean are, are the hopes of the nation unrealistic in, in many respects yeah as you say you know I'm first Polish who, who joined Formula 1 uh, I'm really there was not really a lot of uh, drivers not even motorsport not on the track but rally drivers who were quick so you know now everybody are interested more about Formula 1 and they know everything about Formula 1 but uh, you know it's it's kind of uh, I think uh, boom you know uh, kind of uh, expectation which which the people want uh, have uh, in, into my person and uh, they want me to drive Grand Prix but uh, you know, each season, each each driver has his rule. This this year is my clear, it's my rule test driver, and uh, I'm really happy to to have this opportunity. And uh, I know that if I I will do a good job this season, there is uh, more opportunities that I will jump into Formula One car into Grand Prix. But uh, you know, if not, I will still try to do uh, this what I'm doing now. I been to tests at Silverstone before, usually in February. Now, it's it's pretty nasty. It's pretty so there is a downside to testing as well. Uh, what's been the worst moment for you so far in your testing experience with the BMW Sauber team? Uh, worst moment? Uh, I mean, there is not really. There was no really hard moments this year. Uh, of course. Uh, it was not nice feeling when I went off for first time in Barcelona last week. I was a rookie driver, so normally it's easy to go out. You are trying pushing too hard, but I took it very easy in the beginning of the season. But you know, it was a strange feeling because I was already second season that I was not going into the gravel with any car. So it was a bit. I was like, I went off into on the third corner in Barcelona. It was really a quick corner. And I was just saying, no, 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 because the barrier was coming really close. But fortunately, I, I was, you know, I missed them for, for really like half a meter. And I was all, this was like, yeah. yeah phew, close. <laughs> Got away with that one. Really close, but everything uh, finished uh, well. And uh, we cleaned the car and continued testing. And what was the best moment so far? Uh, best moment, I think a really good moment was Bahrain. Uh, I think uh, I can enjoy and can say easy that uh, each each uh, Friday uh, free practice was was good for us and uh, apart few problems technical problems so we, we we are doing good job and I hope uh, to continue in this direction.
Hello, I'd like to buy a Saab, please. Ah, yes, sir. Ready to become a pilot? No, I'd I'd just like to buy a Saab. Oh, yes, sir. Ready to take her up where the air is clear, going topside with the birds? No, look, I'm a graphic designer. I don't want a Saab, it's just that I'm somehow obliged to by law. Look, do you think I want to wear this black roll neck? Absolutely, sir. Ready to feel the sheer jet thrust of a Saab. No, look, can I just have a test drive? Indeed so, sir. Ready to take flight? Pull back on the old joystick? Get the girl topside, retracting the undercarriage, looping the loop free as a bird, breathing the air? For the love of God, it's just a Vectra in a posh body. Firing the afterburners, extending the flaps, checking the altimeter, um, cabin doors to manual. Can you stop messing around or I'm just going to go straight out and I'm going to go and buy a Volvo? Oh, yes, Volvo, sir. They're the people who make the engines for the Saab aeroplane. Oh, damn. As the trend for super cheap cars grows, Ford is set to follow Renault's Logan and Toyota's plans for a £4,000 hatchback with its own £3,000 vehicle. Right, so this is the initial design proposal. Uh, You can see the pedals here. Uh, They've got these rubber inserts, very racy, and they're connected to this... Uh, chain here, uh, which goes back to the three-speed gearbox, which is just behind the the seat. Do you want to hear what it sounds like? You've just put a playing card in the spokes. Uh, Get a load of that, eh? Um, isn't this just a rally chopper? Coming soon to a cinema near you, The Invisible Man, starring touring car ace Andy Pulu. Mild-mannered Andy Pulu is winner of the European Touring Car Championship, winner of the World Touring Car Championship, and possibly the greatest tin-top driver of his generation. But thanks to a terrible accident in the laboratory, no one has ever heard of him. Uh, Hello, I'm Andy Prio. Did you hear something? No. I think it was coming from Jersey. Nah, you're imagining things. Andy Pluh is The Invisible Man, directed by M. Night Shyamalan. Coming soon from Unpronounceable Pictures. Coming soon from the people who brought you No Need for Speed, No Need for E-Day. Yes, No Need for E-Day is the most exciting F1 simulation in the world. You are the Super Aguri team and you must sack Yuji E-Day because he's rubbish and keeps banging into things. Featuring incredibly detailed contract termination and hyper-realistic license revocation, No Need for E-Day. Will have you on the edge of your seat and the end of your career. No, no need for days! From the makers of Grand Theft Auto. You're listening to Gareth Jones on Speed, and if you're one of the. Well, we now reckon that it's uh, about 7,500 or 8,000 people per month who download this show so thank you very much indeed big round of applause wherever you are on the planet and we know that people are downloading in Russia and Australia and South, South America, Africa and South America all over. yeah it's great so thank you guys um, if you're one of the many thousands of people who download this show regularly you'll know that one of the things that we like to do is to play a game called Connections where um, we have a random generator which um, decides on two cars and then Zog Richard uh, or I then have to find a connection between the two cars. And this game was born 
on the road, wasn't it? It was. It was born out of a, I think, a, you know, a, a journey where you just haven't got quite enough to do and you're looking for a game to play. And it's, it's a bit like I Spy for, for petrolhead adults. That's us. That's you us. And me. That's yes. us. So, um, I, I, on the way back from uh, interviewing Robert Kubica at Silverstone a few weeks ago, we had a, a sort of a live game of Carnections where we played it on the road and we just picked out two cars on the road and we just happened to have our wonderful Sennheiser um, flash mic with HHB us. HHB Sennheiser flash mic, that's right. Not that we're plugging the fact that we got this for free and it's doing us great favours on the programme. No, we're not at all plugging yeah. the HHB flash mic. Sure. Microphone and digital recorder all yeah. in one. Yeah. It's just a, a great little podcasting tool. Uh, uh, seriously guys we love this we do like it we're not making this up we do love it so we had our mic with us and we recorded Zog and I playing car connections live on the road so here we are at uh, 65 miles per hour heading south on the M1 uh, having been at Silverstone for some testing and uh, we're going to play a live game of Connections. All right, Zog, we're going to find a, a car. We're going to pick the, yeah. You pick the first interesting car we see. OK, I'm watching the other side of the carriageway here, and... Uh, I can see an MGZT, or is it the Rover? It's the Rover 75 Estate, isn't it? Is that technically an interesting car? I think that's interesting enough. Rover 75 Estate, yeah. OK. Uh, Ford Ranger, too dull. Subaru... Is this the Leon estate here we're looking at, or the Outback? What is this? One coming, one coming up on the left. Yeah, the Legacy estate. Legacy station wagon. Subaru Legacy. Is that uh, interesting enough? No. No, you're right. They're not. OK, how about whatever that Audi is in the left-hand lane there? Is it an Audi... OK, that's an Audi A6. It's the new A6, I think. Is that the V8? Let's go and have a look. We're moving up to investigate the Audi. Yeah, it's an A6. Long wheelbase. A6L, 3 litre. Audi A6 and uh, Rover 75 Estate. Okay. Okay, then. Um... How about this one, then? When that Rover 75 was originally designed and released, Rover were owned by BMW. Okay. So, um, although it's a British car, it's it of German parentage. As is, of course, the Audi. Audi, at the time I think the A6 was released, still owned Cosworth, not Cosworth Racing, but Cosworth Technology, the other wing of Cosworth. And Cosworth are one of the people who developed the, the multi-valve engines for Audi because they bought them to do that. So, while the Rover is a British car with German engineering, the Audi... It's a German car with, with British engineering. Beautiful. Like that. Yep. Stephen, can you verify that? Do you know if that's true? Uh, no, but I'm sure if you say it's true, Gareth, it's not often you're wrong, so I'm sure you're right. <laughs> well, if you know better, write it and tell us. But, uh, yeah, that, that sounds convincing to me. The, the address to send your uh, complaints or suggestions is onspeed at garethjones.tv. smell of petrol in the morning. Sniff petrol! Over now to our road tester, Peter Thrrr, who's been looking at the new Skoda Roomster. 
Well, there's certainly plenty of room here in the front, uh, but it's in the back that things get really impressive. We've got three fully adjustable seats here and a freezer. And this pump thing, which dispenses our... Oh, vanilla. Now, Skoda have very much designed this car with kids in mind. It even says, mind that child on the back. And these seat fabrics have been designed to resist raspberry sauce, as well as feasts, magnums and strawberry mivies. All in all, it's a very impressive machine. So I'm off for a drive. Just time for some late news. This just in. Kimi Raikkonen has finally made it back to McLaren's pit in Monaco. There's kebab. Wait, 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 where's the garage gone? You Scandinavian fool. The Monaco Grand Prix finished over two weeks ago. You're my best mate, you are. As he ponders selling his F1 team after just one year of ownership, spies say Alex Schneider may not be the kind of steel magnet everyone assumed. Get these paper clips off me, please. And Flavio Briatore has finally become just a noise. Vigella. Before we go, Richard and Zog are here, and I just thought we'd have a couple of minutes talking about stuff that's coming up in motorsport uh, in the next few weeks. The most obvious one is the, is the British Grand Prix. Are you going, Richard, this year? I'm not sure whether I am going, but what I thought I'd do is replicate some of the Silverstone experience by just getting in my car, sitting in it completely stationary, with an air of crushing disappointment around me that no one British has won. Same experience, just a bit cheaper. That's good. <laughs> Zog, uh, Le Mans, what are we going to do? Are we going to go? Well, now, this is a good question. Are we going to go? We're not quite sure. We're trying to figure out a way that we're going to go, so we may well be there this year. You know, it's going to be fascinating to see whether the Audi R10, the diesel entry, is going to beat out the Pescarolo sport cars for, for top honours in LMP1. That's going to be a fascinating battle. And I, I know that you're particularly thrilled this year that there's a, a diesel car ring at Le Mans because I know you're big on alternative fuels and you want you want to see hybrids at Le Mans well, now do. don't and, you and, and that actually is, is for me the most exciting bit of Le Mans news that, that, that's come along in the last uh, last couple of months has been that both Mugen and Zytec are planning to uh, enter hybrid cars in Le Mans in the next couple of years um, they uh, they need to have a little word with the uh, the rule makers to, to iron out some equivalency things between conventionally powered cars and the hybrid stuff but I think this is great because you know because it's really really cool technology, uh, and you know and, and it's part of uh, I think you know it's, it's the way that motorsport is going to have to go. It's going to continue to be yeah, basically a socially acceptable thing to do, and for companies to spend huge amounts of money on. If you know if if it doesn't go in greener directions, it's going to die off. So Mugen are going to run a, a hybrid car. Does that mean Richard? It's going to be a Mugen version of the Honda hybrid version of the Civic it's out at the moment. Do you think... That? Yeah, I, I think probably will, and then Toyota will step in with the, the 
to Prius offering slightly disappointing fuel economy. <laughs> and, uh, and then, now I, I agree with Zog. I don't think hybrid road cars work particularly well at the moment, uh, but they're getting there. But it'd be nice if motorsport accelerated their development and, and gave us some alternative. Well, and, and motorsport was always a great way of, of, of pushing this technology. Hang on a minute. Whoa, 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 hang on a minute. Richard, you just said something that was sensible and not comedic. For Did the I? first time on Gareth Jones on that was eminently sensible. What have we done to you? I was pulling a stupid face while I saw that. Ah, oh, was looking the other way. Hit, hit the reset button. We're going to make sure. <laughs> Please don't transmit that. Here's a little thought for you, though. One of Ferdinand Porsche's first cars was an electric-powered car. In 1898, uh, he built an electric-powered vehicle which had, um, for which he patented these uh, hub-mounted electric motors, um, which were the same kind of motors that NASA used on the Moon Rover, um, in the 1960s. Now, for me, technology that's kind of, you know, been, been pioneered by Ferdinand Porsche and used on the moon, that's good enough and that's cool enough for anybody. The future's here and it's called Zog. Um, <laughs> that's it. You've been listening to Gareth Jones on Speed. I've been Gareth Jones. I have been Richard Porter. Uh, hopefully I'm still Zog. And uh, next time round, I think I'm going to be... Sarah Jane Smith, played uh, by Elizabeth Sladen. I shall be her, yes. Who are you going to be, Richard? Uh, next time, I'm going to be the man who stole the wheels off my car last week, and I'm going to give them back to myself, and then I'm going to punch myself in the face really hard. <laughs> <laughs> and Zog, who are you uh, going to be? I'm going to be under the sea in an octopus's garden. Neath <laughs> the waves. Actually, haven't you just cost me £20,000 saying that now? <laughs> Is that a copyright violation? You didn't sing it, violation? did you? I didn't. You no, didn't. No, we're all right then. Singing. We're yeah. OK, OK. Now, talking of singing, we're going to play out on the Polish national anthem. Uh, and I have to say, for the first time ever on Gareth Jones on Speed, I've been stumped by a foreign language. I cannot sing the actual words to the Polish national anthem. So instead, we'll play out the Polish national anthem with the words Robert Kubica. And this is a tribute to the whole reason why we do this on Gareth Jones on Speed, because initially, when we started singing foreign anthems at the end of F1 races, we just sang the name of the driver until we learnt the words. Michael Schumacher, for example. Yeah, Michael Schumacher, Michael Schumacher. Or Mika Hakkinen. Oh, Mika Hakkinen. Or Fernando Alonso. I can't think of it going. Fernando Alonso, Fernando Alonso, Fernando Alonso, Fernando Alonso. So we leave you with Robert Kubica. Say goodbye, everyone. Goodbye, everyone. Bye. Gareth Jones on Speed was a very testing production.